three, a two, a one. Fuck you, Fendrick. <laughs> well, we're going to start with that. I like that. Yeah, bleep it out. Yeah. Because it's your last time, bleep it. We'll talk <laughs> to you when you get back. Um, no, Sims and Lefko, what is going on? What is good? How you feeling? Steinmetz is in the house. Two claps for Steinmetz. Yo. Um, so we went 4 0 in our wild card picks. Yes, we did. Uh, I'll tell you what, wasn't that entertaining? No. Man. Uh, all home teams wrecked. It, the, the feeling that I got was it was all the teams that had playoff experience, and they went and they showed it that playoff experience is a thing, yep. coupled with what you ranted about on Facebook. The game is called different, and teams like the Steelers and the Seahawks, and they can be more physical. Right. And that that play is allowed to happen. I, I you know you you talked about it earlier today when we were in the office, and it, you're exactly right. I didn't even think about that as we were watching over the weekend. Just you know, yeah, the teams that won are all teams that had more than you know a handful of guys with playoff experience. There Packers is something have more to experience. Yes. and uh, the other one would be Houston had more experience. They yeah. were there last year, right? And um, they they all played with a rocket up their butt. They certainly did. I mean, more the the more detailed uh, football game in general, but. Yeah, I mean, none of them were great. You know, I enjoy watching Houston run around and kill people. I really do. Uh, Seattle, Detroit, I think, is a little better than people realize or remember just because they see the final score. Uh, Miami Pitt was a disaster. Yeah, that was a disaster from right. the beginning, even though they did have a chance towards the end of the first half until James Harrison caused the fumble. Yes. And Giants-Packers was a very good game. It was. Until the, the Packers just couldn't keep up. I mean, the Giants couldn't. Keep yeah, it. it was. It was really what that mid third quarter. It, it was honestly, it's am, it's amazing. Giants scored that touchdown to make it fourteen. The 13. stupid fourth and one conversion. They Set don't up the get Giants, it. Yeah. right? They get the big touchdown, and then it was like all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers and company found their mojo, and you could not stop. It them. was funny for the first two and a half, three quarters. Spagnolo had their number. Yes. you kept saying, "Man, they don't know what to do right now." Yes, you've already gone back and you've already watched the film. Right. What were some of your big takeaways? Yeah, well, they they were. I mean, I think early on, I think the biggest thing I took away just from watching the film, I think Aaron Rodgers was hot, very careful the first half. I think he realized, like, oh wow, that's a little different animal here, and certain windows he usually you'd go, oh Aaron would usually just throw the 100-mile-per-hour fastball in there. He turned down a few of those where Mm. I just think he thought, ooh, it's dicey, and I'm not going to let them get rolling with a defensive turnover and whatever else. And he threw the ball away either way. They did a great job of containing him. I mean, we said that as we were watching. You know, he was trying to make the Aaron Rodgers magic happen by dancing around in the backfield there, but Hankins, Harrison, their ability to push the pocket up. And then they, they were smart. Like Olivier Vernon, Okwara, or whoever the other guy was on the other side, they never actually just rushed. They didn't try to turn the corner. They kind of just tried like almost a run game. Let's set the edge. Let's keep them in there. Yeah. Let's not let them get outside and then pick us apart it's, from there. It's so incredible to watch him. Yeah. I said on the Facebook Live yesterday, I said, just tell your friends he's the greatest of all time and watch them get converted <laughs> to the church of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And he wasn't playing great. We were laughing about it. Right. And then when he's dancing around for eight to ten seconds, seconds and you see that the play the the receivers run up and stop and that was the play yeah they're not getting open they're completely covered and he throws guys open off one foot across his body i mean he, he would be the best shortstop in major league baseball <laughs> yeah it's right it's what it looks like i mean it's that quick of a release he's special man i just and the hail mary the hail mary is amazing too like even watching that back on film you know again what's it's like the detroit one last year yes it's not the amazing thing is the height of the ball. 
when he is throwing the ball, everyone's at like the 10 and the 5. They're still not even in the end zone. But, but he, he throws so much so air. They all can turn around, position themselves. And you're telling me it's noticeably different than when other people throw a Hail Mary? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is the only guy I can say on film the last two years that I've seen throw the ball plus 70 yards in the air in certain clips here or there, whether they were complete or incomplete, but took chances where he goes, oh, I'm throwing a deep, and I, you know, I go back and go, holy cow, he threw that far, and I rewind the film and go, yes. how far was that? 71 yards. So he's the only guy that I've seen be able to do that consistently. And to throw it that high is special. Two things on the Hail Mary. Yeah. One, uh, the defensive backs didn't know how to play it at all. No. It looked like a home run derby where the one big kid in the back is like, you kids don't know how to read fly pops. Right. I got this. Right. Are defensive backs, like, any time I hear people talk about defensive backs, they, they got bad hands. That's why they play defensive backs. It's back. like Bill oh, Belichick they, said it last week, remember? He, he made fun of DBs. He goes, most defenders are on defense because they can't play the ball. They're not good enough to play on so, offense. I mean, they're made out to be like these these buffoons <laughs> all the time. People talk about them like, they, like they're just like these athletes that just throw their arms up like meat sticks. Yeah, well, they're the least skillful athletes on, on the field, maybe, in a lot of cases. Like They're the most athletic. They're, they can run and jump and lift the most weight per pound on anybody on the team. But, yeah, I think you could go and go, like I've always told you, like Rondé Barber, other guys have been around these phenomenal athletes, and you see them dribble a basketball, and you're like, <laughs> you dribble like a girl. Really? Like, yeah, without being insensitive to girls there. Well, because I was saying, like, if I – you're telling me that, like, there's a chance I have better hands than a defensive back? Probably not. That, really? Maybe, yes. There's someone that really struggle. Bad? Yes. I mean, to the point where – they actually, like, after practice, would be like, hey, Chris, throw me 20 balls so I can just catch it. And I want to be like, damn, like, Champ Bailey wasn't asking me to do that when I was in Denver. He yeah. knew he could catch regardless. Or he was just going to go on the jugs with the so receivers. So that's why guys like Marcus Peters are so special. Charles special. Woodson. Right. Um, my other question is, is there any reason why they don't just run this as a normal play sometimes? I. <laughs> No. Just send everyone deep, it's, and it's, they won't even know it's coming. If you can make sure that you protect and just send two or three guys and go, hey, guess what? You can play the ball. They can't. I, I don't know why more teams don't do it on like, oh, okay, it's third and 20, and we're on our own 45. Let's just – if they intercept it, it's a punt and a touchback. Yeah. Let's try to throw well, those kind of things. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is going to put it on the money more than he, a punt. It, that's what's amazing even about that one. The, the height of the ball, for one, two, is makes all the DBs choke. They're not used to reading the ball in the air and trying to time it out. The other thing amazing about watching it is, first of all, yes, does Randall Cobb push off? Certainly. But Leon Hall is not even looking at the ball. He's guarding him. Right. Right? So he's not even looking. Out of all the people in the end zone, there was only one guy, I believe, that actually jumped up and tried to hit the ball. Now, there was no DRC out there, but right. Eli Apple was kind of on the side. Janoris Jenkins was on the side. And this is probably the reason why teams would throw out a Randy Moss or someone back there. Yes. Brandon and Marshall. Just, uh, it, yeah, it, that was a, an amazing turn of events. But, man, the Giants did so many good things. It was there for the taking. You know, like you and I talked about, Eli played really well. It wasn't as good on film as I thought it was watching on TV. Listen, we could all sit there and get on Odell Beckham Jr., should he have caught those balls? Like, certainly should have caught the first third down one. The end zone one where it's over his outside shoulder. Yes, it's Odell Beckham Jr. I'd like him to make that catch, but he was wide f***ing open. Why was that such a hard – just throw it to anywhere he can catch it would be my thing. The drop pass by Sterling Shepard two plays later, he is wide f***ing 
fucking open. Yeah. And he underthrows it to let the DB back come back in and knock the ball. So that and then the Odell drop in the fourth quarter, which you've heard me say. Um, yeah, again, would love to see Odell catch that football, but that was a really tough catch, and he was wide open. Yeah, I mean, you said that he that could have been a sixty. That could have been a huge play if he just throws that on his shoulders. Odell's going to be able to catch the ball, and he was going to be one on one with. I don't think it was Haha Clinton Dix. I think it was the other safety, Morgan Burnett. Uh, but either way, you got a chance for him to make a play in space when the game was still competitive. But people are going to blame Odell, and yeah. I understand because of the boat thing. So there's a lot of phrases that I think are good, um, but some of them, like, if it hits your hands, you should catch it. That wasn't the case on no, that one. That's... I mean, that would have been an incredible Dwight Clark-esque catch. Right. Um, all right, got to talk boat. Boat. Um, so it, it's funny that I, I wrestled uh, with how to talk about this mm-hmm. because um, I, I never want to see the stuck-up commentator that is telling a person what he should and shouldn't do it's not my life and that's how this thing turns into you're a stuck up old person you don't get it versus let him do his thing what happened six days ago doesn't well let's preface it with this and just tell everybody out there that's listening to us right now nobody has stuck up more for Odell Beckham Jr. than you and I yes I, don't, I mean I don't think there's anybody I love him right me too I think he's incredible and and what's really interesting is I do put him in the the workings of the Randy Mosses and the T.O. Um, I went back and I looked at the top 10 receivers of all time. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me if there's a trend here. Mm -hmm. Jerry Rice, Tony Gonzalez, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, Mm -hmm. Chris Carter, Tim Brown, Jason Witten, T.O., Anquan Bolden, Reggie Wayne. Okay? What's the similarity there? I mean, all of them are like Johnny do good professional. It's unbelievable. Right. So then I went, okay, well, let me look at receiving yards uh, because that, that's more about explosion. The only names added to that list are Isaac Bruce, right. which, again, yeah. Randy Moss, yeah. Steve Smith, who he ain't taking a trip on Monday. No. And, Mar- Mar- and I already said Marvin Harrison. Yes. But you, you look at those names and... I just I look at what he did, and I, I think about how I think all of you guys are freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. I think you're all nuts. I mean, you're sitting here today not having to come into work tomorrow. You're going to study film, and you're already thinking about your routine. I jokingly said, let me come over. You said, no, dude, I need to get things done, because that's how your brain works. You are, and now I know wide receivers aren't quarterbacks, right. but... If you want to be in the Randy Moss, T.O., Jerry Rice conversation, because that's how talented you are, you can't do what you did. And I said this before. I I went and I picked up a few books because I wanted to see what people in history say about this. Unfortunately, it's all old white guys. And that's why I don't want to sound like. But John Wooden always says that self-control provides emotional stability. Punching a hole through a wall. Remember, he was yelling at the door after the Philadelphia game, hitting the kicking net. I don't think that he can't do those things. If you want to do those things, do those things. Yeah. But realize that you're going through peaks and valleys with your emotions, and the guys that are in the top ten of all time are stoic. That's how they are. Now, you're 24 years old. 24-year-olds do shots. Yeah. That's a 24-year-old. 24-year-olds go, yeah, let's go. The problem is, is we do this with a lot of our athletes where something happens and then we all turn on them when they're so used to having the media on their side because they're cool and they lose their innocence. I, LeBron is always the perfect example of this. When he went to Miami, hmm, 
They yeah. both have issues going to Miami. That's when everyone turned on him, and he wasn't ready for it. Right. And we got, we got, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm doing this for me. Right. I think this is that moment for Odell. He for the entire first off season, it was wow, what an amazing catch. At the second season, it was wow, no one's done this in two years. After the third season, his innocence is dead. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really funny is I brought up before Pat Riley. He calls the team the innocent climb. Yeah, and the thing that can bring you down is the disease of me, mm-hmm. ego. The scary thing about diseases is that it can get passed along. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just scary that Odell was on that trip. Sterling Shepard was on that trip. And you just don't want the rest of your team to think it's more than... I just I look at it and go, dude, you could be in Miami today. And yeah. I know that's what you say. Yeah. And I... What was the rush? Man. Why? Why are we going? The season was at the very longest, a month longer. And who cares? You can vacation all you want after that. Nobody's going to care. You know, that's, that's what drives me crazy about it. Let's, like, do it. You know, like, what's the ABC World News? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Because he's mad at the reaction of the media. That's what became the distraction. Oh, this just in, the media overreacts when you're the, uh, wait, hold on. Oh, you're one of the five biggest sports stars in America. Yeah. Yeah, of course they're going to react to you going to Miami six days before the biggest game of your life. That was stupid and you know what i'm thinking now too? sorry you know who has not handled their meteoric fame well at all right and they get angry at the media justin bieber <laughs> you're right justin bieber is always talking about why are you guys doing this to me look i always think i think media and paparazzi and fandom is insane i can't imagine a life where if i walk down the street it's crazy like that however they come hand in hand, and you can't be surprised by it. You can't be shocked by yes. it. The best thing you can do is own it. Eli said today, if you do things, then you need to back it up. You're going to ball with Bieber on Monday. You better ball come Sunday. I saw people going, why does no one get upset about Gronk? Because I've never seen Gronk have a bad game in a big moment. You're exactly right. I've never seen it. Exactly right. That's exactly it. And you could say it's not a distraction or you're not, but I'll say what I said on Facebook. Like, okay, yeah, I don't like look at it and go it was like a distraction. Like, Odell, it didn't affect his preparation. But I also look at it and go, I bet you it was in the back of their mind a little when they ran out on the field Sunday. Like, if we don't have a good day, everyone's going to blame Miami on us. And oh, guess what happened? So yeah, you're putting more pressure on you're yourself. You're putting it more on yourself. That, right. That's the thing is... What people don't realize is uh, an NFL player's schedule Sunday to Sunday is the same thing for 17 weeks. Yep. The reason they don't do well after a bye, because it's the one week where it got changed. <laughs> so if you're going to tell me that what happens on Monday doesn't impact Sunday, I'm going to show you a room full of 53 OCD like Neanderthals yeah. that like to eat the same meal at the same time with the same people every day. Yep. And if you're going to Miami... You're changing a routine. When you drop a pebble in a lake, it will feel the ripple on the other side. I just made that shit up. But that's a good one. That felt good. Right. Um, I don't know about the pebble, though. If it yeah, would get might, all might the enough. way to the other side yeah, of the lake, that would be a tough one. Um, I, I'll say this, too. I found it interesting. I read a Detroit uh, newspaper, and I read a New York newspaper. Huh. The New York one said, is Odell the main reason they lost? No. 
And then they said, are the refs the main reason they lost in Detroit? No. Okay, there is never one reason why a team loses a football game. There is a collection of reasons. But if the refs correctly did not allow the touchdown to Seattle, which Paul Richardson, when he did a face mask, Mm -hmm. well, guess what? Now it's 3-3 to at halftime. The whole game is different. The Mm -hmm. play calling is different. The ability to run it with Thomas Rolls. Maybe they throw it more. If Aaron Rodgers is down 14-0 instead of 6-0, guess what? Now... Olivier Vernon is coming hard on every play. Yes. Now, like it, it, it does impact. It changes it. the game. It no changes doubt. the game yes. completely. Yes. So to say it's not is a cop out. Ag- agreed with you totally. It's it's uh, it drives me crazy. Well, and we talked about the refs, the refs in general, playoff refs. I don't I don't understand where it. Ha- I just don't get it. I don't got, I understand where the regular season rules just go out the door and all of a sudden jamming receivers and hitting receivers down the field, that's all That's all okay. I mean, Devontae Parker on Ross Cockrell yesterday on the first yeah. third down when they were driving down there, they were down 14 nothing. They had to settle for a field goal, but it's third and six, and he runs a slant. And I just watched that film just about an hour ago and got done with it. I mean, that was as blatant as a P.I. as you're going to see all year in the regular season. It would got called 100 out of 100 in the regular season, but we saw all these this weekend that – you know, oh, we're not going to determine the outcome of the game. Yeah. So now, now the players have to adjust to a whole different style of play. And you're right, it favors the over-aggressive defensive style of football team. Because, yeah. because they're, like we've always talked about and you've talked about, like the Seahawks call the bluffs of the, re- the refs anyways. They, they almost hold and P.I. almost every play because they're just like, it's like a defender in the NBA. They just go, well, he'll, he'll stop calling that foul eventually. Yeah. He can't sit here and call the foul every time down the court. And, and a lot of people will get tough and they'll go, oh, man, I love it when they let them play. I mean, that's every time I hear the NBA, they're like, I love when they let them play. Then why are we playing this way in the regular season? Yeah, just let's play the then whole let's way. Let's play. Yeah. Because I really think that was part of the reason why Peyton Manning had such little success in the postseason. They could do whatever they want with the pay eyes in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Then they start going to Foxborough and they're getting mugged. Downfield, exactly right. And it, it's just not the same no, game. And it, why am I watching seven? weeks of one product to then get introduced to an entirely new product that favors the less talented team. Yeah. Seattle was better than Detroit. They deserve to win that game. Yeah, yeah. We're just but, saying it could have been totally different. I'd rather say that now, yeah. knowing that Seattle's about to take Atlanta, when Seattle beat Atlanta earlier this year because of an uncalled blatant P.I. Yes. If that is, again, another determining factor, that will be very interesting. It will be. So I, uh, one thing that I didn't like is, oh, it didn't change the game. No, it did. The other thing I think is weird is, why are we talking about Steelers Kansas City right now and saying throw week four out the window, but Patriots Texans were going... Oh, it's going to be that, but only bigger. Like, how are we throwing out a week four game, but not a week five game? Yeah, it's a, it's a val. I think it's just because of the Tom Brady thing. I guess that's the that's the big thing with the. New I'm England. starting to think there is a feeling about the Patriots that we've all penciled them into the Super Bowl. Yes. I know that some people out there are saying Kansas City could get the win, but everyone's moving them on. There's a 16 point lead up uh, a line right now. Right now, it's the third highest all time. Currently at 16, and it's probably going to grow for the Patriots over the Texans. Uh, By the way, for the betters out there, number one and number two did not cover. Oh, and what were they? Do you remember? I don't don't know. I got them from somewhere else, uh, from uh, Hershkovitz. I want to talk Steelers, Kansas City real quick. We're going to break it down more, but am I crazy to think that Big Ben hasn't been playing well? Uh, No, you're not crazy to think that. He's been playing well, but he's been making some really – 
I want to say like Joe Flacco esque mistakes. What here is lately. a Joe Flacco mistake? You know, things are moving smoothly, and all of a sudden it's a third down, and the game's in control, and the oh, I throw it over the middle to a wide open defender and hit yeah. him in the chest. He uh, had two picks yesterday that you went. Where did that come from? Why keep them alive? Uh, yes, I, and then I go that you're literally playing the one team that relies. Their entire defense is built off of your mistakes. Right. They, Kansas City leads the NFL in takeaways. They lead the NFL in interceptions. They can't stop a nosebleed when it comes to running the ball. I could see Ben being the main reason they blow this game. I, I get you. I mean, you think about the Ravens game on Christmas, right? He threw the two picks to start the second half. Uh, that those were big. The Buffalo win in Buffalo, he it was threw three defined picks. by his big game. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell ran for 200 yards, and it was a dogfight. Exactly right. Of three picks. I'm, I'm trying to think of the Cincinnati game in between there when well, they during, won that one. During this winning streak, he's averaging he well 244 there, a game, right. nine touchdowns, six picks. Yeah. That's not Ben. No, that's not Ben. And two, you know, like we've talked about a lot, I do think some of that is because of their style of play where he goes such long periods of time without having to drop back and throw the ball uh. that it, it can affect your rhythm. It's one thing when it was, oh, Big Ben, we're going to spread it out, and I get to throw a few cheap screens, and I hit a slant, and now, oh, okay, finally I've hit the in cut for 20, and I'm feeling good, and I'm in rhythm, and I'm seeing the field well. It's a different thing. I'll even say this is like what my dad's career was like, where you went through phases where smash mouth, smash mouth, yeah. smash mouth, smash mouth. You got one chance. Now it's third and nine. We didn't do good in smash mouth, and they know we're going to throw it, and they're going to drop eight, and can you see the field well and Man. throw the ball well? So I think that's what happens sometimes with that style of play. Um, is there any chance – I want to get back to the Saturday games, wrap up, and yeah. then we'll preview all the games on Thursday – Detroit, with how they came out, Jim Caldwell coming out and saying they're a ways away from making a run. Um, man, I was really, I was really unhappy about how he called that game. You called well, yeah, yeah. The well, fourth down, I thought was an awful decision. Yes, um, I just they were lifeless, they were immature, they were bad. I mean, is there any that, chance that he's still gone, even though they gave him the vote of confidence? How do you give a vote of confidence and pull the plug? I don't think you can. I know. Well, the NFL people, you can't listen to anything they say anyways. They'd lie to their mothers. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. I like Jim Caldwell. I don't have an issue with that fourth down. Like, like we talked about earlier, I would have punted if I'm the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to let Seattle defense gain momentum and that crowd gain momentum yeah. and give the offense the short field when the game's a stalemate to that point. Uh, yeah, I would have tried to have punted down in there inside the 10 and just see – if, if Seattle could have gone down the field, I just I do think that was the wrong decision to go for it in that manner there. But in this, as a whole, I am a Jim Caldwell fan. I am not negative on Jim okay. Caldwell. I think usually for the most part, he, he, he coaches and manages the game the right way. That was a tough decision there because it was borderline field goal. Should I be more upset with Golden Tate and Eric Ebron? I think so. Okay. I mean, that, that to me... Man, they were, they were, were they? Golden Tate, Eric Ebron... And um, Bolden's personal foul. And exactly right. I mean, they lost their cool. Haloti Nada got dominated up front. Yeah. Ashawn Robinson and replays. I haven't watched that film yet. He had plays where he was incredibly like undisciplined in the interior part, just like thought he thought he knew where the run was going. Yeah. At least it looked like that on TV. Um, so yeah, they they blew their chances. And then other thing too is I also look at it and yeah, I mean Matt Stafford wasn't quite a hundred percent Matt Stafford down the stretch. He still threw the ball phenomenal, yes. but he wasn't making those like two or three. Wow! Holy! Whoa! Matt Stafford, like yeah. when you you're, when you were calling him NBA TV, like can't yes. miss, like he was unbelievable. That was when he was unreal. I do think he lost a little of that fastball when he hurt his finger. Um, and then, am I the only one 
that gets really annoyed when they show J.J. Watt during Houston games. You're the most annoyed. I know that. It's unbelievable. But it was a little overkill. He is the biggest ham ever. It's like John Cena. <laughs> I feel like he knows when the red light comes on. And he's like, let's go. I mean, there was one point in that game where they showed him going to the punter after the guy punted it. He went up to him and, started, and the punter walked away from him. And, and in my head, I'm going... Okay, maybe he is super fiery Johnny Tryhard that's happy for his team. But they're the number one defense in the NFL, and he hasn't played all season. I know. Not saying he's overrated. Not saying he's overrated. No, he, he's not overrated, but it just shows you that, like, one guy doesn't make up any unit. Tom Brady doesn't make New England the number one offense in football. You know, it's just, no, it's, it's uh, you know, J.J. Watt's a phenomenal talent. He's an first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, do you really think he was running cones for his rehab before the game, or do you think they thought, oh, they're definitely going to get footage of this. Let me do a little three-cone drill out here before the game. No, I don't. I don't think he's as camera ham as you think. So you don't think that he signed autographs all through the night when they had hard knocks because he knew that they would show that? I I think he's Johnny... You don't think that he was listening to his music on his Bose headphones and rocking out going 10% hustle, 20% I think he really believes like that stuff though. I think he's that corny and that into it. Okay, so he's not a ham he's just corny as fuck. That's what I think. Okay. I think he's just all in. I'm okay with Corey. And he's like, damn, it's it's Sunday, and I can go out there and get a little workout and touch some cones and get my back stronger. And So you think he's corny, not a ham? I think so. I'm down with corny. Yeah. I'm not down with ham. Yeah, I think it's corny. I think it, I think he's truly just Johnny Good, good Samaritan but NFL see, But guy. then like, I've heard people tell me that it's all staged. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. Uh, have you heard that? I've heard things like that too. Yes, but I don't know. I haven't heard it He's from somebody good I marketing. know that I'm really close with that I trust to say, okay, I sign off on that. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's kind of it's making me more annoyed with the Texans. Yeah, because I don't like seeing it. I yeah. don't know. Like I, I, I'm watching Marquise Pouncey just sitting there with a jacket on. He ain't. But Marquise Pouncey's a different guy. But it, how awesome! First of all, I was just glad, and I know you're glad too. For everybody to see Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah, against Khalil Mack. Against Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack was awesome. Yeah. But he wasn't Jadeveon Clowney in that game. That was unbelievable. Yes, Jadeveon Clowney is really special. I'm glad to get some pub, too. Definitely. They're going to give him. And Aboye, all your guys. I mean, you and Gruden, you and Gruden, I joked about this earlier. You said, oh, we study game. You guys always talk about the same dudes. (laughs) They all the same guys impress you. It's good shit. Yeah, I guess so. We have our moments. We We had six years straight of in a meeting room together. Where, oh. I mean, literally. Who had years. the clicker, John? He did, always. Clicker with the red dot on it. How is he compared to other people with the clicker? Oh, he would drive you f***ing insane. Why? Because he'll, like, rewind, fast forward, rewind, fast forward, and rewind. And you don't know what he's looking at. And you're at. like, what is he looking at here? I've looked at all 22 positions, and what's he looking at here? And then he'll be like, oh, look at this. And he'll, like, take his red laser out, and he'll circle the guy with his red laser, like, 9 million times. And he's like, see this guy? And we're like, yes, we see him. What's the point? Get to it. See have, him? And then have you ever talked to him like that? Like, come on, John, we get it. Uh, oh, you mean like with, uh, when, well, you're, yeah. when you're there? Oh, yeah, we all did. Like, you could be a smart ass with John and yeah. be like. I thought he had the line of the year for him because that's usually the game I always listen the volume up as Monday Night Football. Yes. 
And when he said, um, yeah, I took two kickers in front of Tom Brady. That's why I'm not working the league anymore. <laughs> but, I heard say that. But, you know, I mean, shoot, can you imagine one of the first years you're coaching under Al Davis and he takes a kicker in the first round and a punter in the fifth? Yes. And Tom Brady goes in the sixth? Well, but that's what's really cool about Gruden. Like, Gruden had no say in those drafts. But None. he says it to make it sound like a good story. But, like, Al Davis and Bruce Allen were picking those players. Like, yeah. But John is cool to add to the story regardless and say that. I think you're right. I think he's won me over as best analyst. Yeah. I think he comes to the table with the most film and the most stuff. I think Collinsworth, the reason I've always said I liked him is because he's the most natural reaction. Right. He's the, oh, God, how blessed are we to watch this play right here? And you go, oh, I'm watching with him. Uh, Your dad needs to be able to talk more. Um, He just doesn't get enough chance to talk enough. Yeah, that's just the way they are. Uh, But your dad playing hurt. Playing hurt was sick as hell, uh, but he made it through regardless. Sat it through. I, I What's his game this week? This week he's doing New England Texans on Saturday night. I know. I was like, gosh, you got to do that game? And he's like, yeah, but it's Saturday prime time. He's like, CBS isn't going to turn that down. They want to win Saturday night prime time or something like mm. that. He had a reason for it that the network would like. So. So he knows all the inside network yes, stuff. Yes, yes. That's how long he's yeah, been Well, I, th- I think, too, what you got to realize is the NFL has a lot of say in these kind of things, too, where they can actually be like, no, we'd like this team to announce this game and this team to announce that game. Patriots and, and Nansen Sims make sense. It does, yes. I mean, and Mr. Kraft, I think, owns part of CBS, too, so he certainly has <laughs> a say in that matter. Yeah, I would say Kansas City-Pittsburgh is going to be the – like, if I'm looking at it, Seattle-Atlanta is the most likely to come down to a play at the end. Yeah. Um, Kansas City-Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's most likely to be a shootout. Right. Dallas Green Bay is the most likely to be the narrative that carries us through the week. Yeah. And Texans Patriots will likely be the game that I turn off at halftime. It's it's really interesting. I wonder the last time we've had four divisional playoff games where all four of these matchups they've played each other earlier in the year. That's what's cool. I'm hoping y'all can get done, you know, tonight, early tomorrow with the, this weekend's games, and then I want to go back for the Thursday podcast and have Perfect. rewatched all the games. And just maybe a few trends. tidbits, yeah, just to, to watch out for. Yeah, because uh, in the end, does that benefit the better coach if you've played already? Who does it benefit? I do think it benefits the better coach, yes. The, the coach not only that's more creative, but the coach that also can sit there and recognize what's the next step the other coach is going to do to stop what we did in this game so well. What is, what's their next move? So we can so we have something to counter it in case they take this away. Mm. That's what I think people lose that little chess match. You've got to remember, again, the cool thing about these guys is we got the Texans Patriots. Both coaching staffs know each other. Falcons Seahawks. Both coaching staffs Dan know Quinn, each other. Yeah. Uh, our, our other game is um, well, Green Bay, Dallas. Green and Bay, Dallas, and Kansas City. And there's, there's well, no carry over there. Todd They've Haley each used other. to coach at Kansas City. Yes, but regardless, I think that is part of the coaching. All these coaches have such inventory mm. on these coaches. Like Most coaches keep a folder. Of, when they face that guy. Right. What, what did I do? What worked? Let me go into that. All right, so what did he do to take thir- certain things away? Thursday, I want full scouting reports. Yes, sir. And um, I know you also have a cool story about Josh McDaniels and what he did against his former coach, Bill Belichick, to eke out the win. Yes. I want you to save that for Thursday because okay. I really like that. Okay. And it's how 
coaches and assistants can get back at their former coach. Right. So Dan Quinn, you want to get Pete Carroll? I got something for you. I got something. Yo, Bill O'Brien, you trying to get after Big Bill? Simpson's got something for you. It's going to be good. All right. That's it for now. We're recording Wednesday. Hit us up on Twitter at Simpson Lufko, and we will try to get as many questions as possible. Fendrick will be back, but won't be as good as Steinmetz because we love Steiny for Sims. Peace out, homies. I'm Lufko. Thank you, Fendrick.